Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much, Pastor Luke, and thank you to everyone that makes these services come together so beautifully every week. Can we give a big hand to everybody that is doing such a great job? Please take your seats, everyone. It's so good to be here with you. I'm walking out my health um, by faith. I'm here by faith, speaking in the name of Jesus. And I had a message all ready to go. Um, at the beginning of the week. I thought, lovely. I'm all done and dusted. It was all nicely sorted. I had the highlights in pink of the bits of the message I wanted and the the scriptures, etc. And then I saw Pastor Wayne Alcorn, who oversees Australian Christian churches here, obviously in Australia. And he posted a post that said, churches all over Australia this Sunday will be sharing on Pentecost Sunday. And I went, oh, I thought, oh, golly, I didn't know it was Pentecost Sunday. And I thought, oh, well, not to worry. I've got my message all ready to go. And then I was walking with Paddy, my little dog, and I started to think about Pentecost Sunday and I started to get very excited. And I had a cup of coffee with someone. I thought, when I get back, I am going to get myself stuck into the book of Acts and I got so excited I thought right I'm going to put that other message aside the one that's all ready to go and I'm going to go for Pentecost because it's Pentecost Sunday and uh, you might even be sitting in this room thinking well what what is Pentecost did you know that you're in a Pentecostal church some of you say what I better get some ointment for that it sounds painful so let's, I think, I hopefully by the time you leave here this morning, my prayer will be that you will know you are absolutely Pentecostal. And so we're going to go down that road this morning because it's Pentecost Sunday. So never let it be said that Global Heart Church, who comes under the banner of Australian Christian churches, didn't acknowledge Pentecost Sunday, because we are in Jesus' name. And this year was the um, Australian Christian Church's um, uh, biannual conference in Queensland. And the, um, the title or the, the, the theme of it was outpouring. And when I heard that word, I thought, oh, that is, oh, that is great. That just resonates with my heart, with my spirit, this whole outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Because if I was to flick through my um, journals, when I'm, you know, if, if I feel like God is saying something or teaching me something or showing me something, then I'll get my journal out and, and jot a few things down. And I've got words, even just from the beginning of the year, words in my journal like, uh, God is awakening. He is shaking. He is sifting. He is stirring. He is preparing. He is strengthening. He is refreshing. He is renewing. He is restoring. And He is reviving His people post this crazy um, 
pandemic season that we've all been in? And why is He doing this exciting, new, refreshing thing? Because there is a massive harvest that is ready, that is ripe for bringing in and He needs His people mobilised and filled with the Holy Spirit so we can get out there and get stuck into what He's asked us to do. And that's not to say that we haven't been doing that, but I really think in these latter days, God is turning up the heat, He's turning up the volume and He's just turning us all up. And for those that will jump in with both feet and get on board with what God is doing, we are in for some of the most exciting days of revival that we have ever seen. And we are here on the planet for such a time as this. Hallelujah, I want in on that. Anybody else want in on that? I don't think there's anybody in this room unless you have just come for some entertainment this morning, but I don't think there's anyone in this room that that you are not hungry and thirsty for more of God, for more of a manifestation of Him in your life, for more of His presence, more of His power, uh, more of His breakthrough in your lives and for your loved ones and for those that you do life with. We are hungry, we are thirsty and we do, as the song says, we need a fresh outpouring and a fresh wind of the Holy Spirit. And it's coming sooner than you know. In fact, it's already begun. This is not a social club. If you want to go to a social club, there's some really good ones around, I think. I'm just kind of saying that, you know, off the top of my head, there could be some rubbish ones out there. But if you want to go and socialise somewhere, go ahead, sit at the back with your coffee and uh, make comment on whether they entertained you sufficiently or not. That That is not what this is. This is the body of Christ gathering together. And we need a fresh wind of the Holy Spirit. I believe that God is increasing our appetite as believers for His Word, for His presence and for His power. And we should be very grateful for that because it's the Holy Spirit that is stirring up that desire in us. And we must make sure that when, we, when we're feeling that sense of hunger and thirst and we want more of His presence and we want more of Him or that we are aware that there's more, that somehow we've not yet tapped into, then we must make sure that we don't go and feed our flesh in an attempt to feel full, but that we actually go to God, go to His Word, come into His presence, take time out, schedule it in your diary and go and get with God and go and get His power in your life. Um, He is, I believe, currently showing us, sometimes I feel like what I jot down that God is telling just me is actually what He's telling the church. And um, I I jotted down in in my uh, journal that God is putting His finger on stuff that He wants us to let go of, stuff He wants us to repent of. He's putting His finger on weights and sins that are holding us back and stopping us from entering into all that God has for us. And He is also restoring to us our first love with Him. In other words, we've we've got a little bit um, sloppy, a little bit 
casual, little bit take for granted, and we're kind of plodding along. This is the living God, the creator of heaven and earth. And we need His Holy Spirit to ignite us and set us on fire again so that we can get cracking. And He wants us engaged in this end time harvest. He wants us involved. How exhilarating, how exciting, how scary, all in the mix. You know, anything with God can sometimes be scary, but exhilarating. Your flesh gets bored, your flesh gets hungry, your flesh gets lazy. But when we turn and we repent and we go back to God, we come alive unto God. Our spirit man is alive and, uh, and, and, and engaged in what God is doing. So what is Pentecost and what is Pentecost Sunday? Well, we're celebrating today the pouring out of the Holy Spirit on the disciples after Jesus had risen from the dead. And we're also celebrating the fact that this happened before Jesus went back and ascended to His Father in heaven. And we'll fill the, the join the dots up as we go along. Pentecost was uh, in Israel was 50 days after the Passover feast. In other words, this was the Passover meal that Jesus had with his disciples the night before he was betrayed and arrested. And so it was 50 days after this. So there's a gap there. And uh, uh, in that upper room um, where Jesus asked the disciples to wait, there was 120 people who waited 10 days in that upper room, a meeting place where um, they had used to gather together. And they waited for 10 days. Um, in that 120 people, there was 11 apostles. There were female disciples. Of course, there were lots of other male disciples. And there was also the Mary, the mother of Jesus. And that blows me away. I could just sit on that for a moment because this is Mary who gave birth to Jesus, then watches him have a horrific death on a cross, then sees him resurrected and now is waiting in the upper room to be filled with the Holy Spirit, which is actually the spirit of His Son, the one that she gave birth to. I mean, hello, we could just sit there all morning and go, wow, wow. I mean, you know, let's picture the scene. They don't even know what they're waiting for. No one's been filled with the Holy Spirit before. What, 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 are we, what does it look like? We've been here for 10 days and I was having a laugh with Pastor Luke and, and saying, you know, imagine if you get to the ninth day and you think, oh, look, I'm fed up with this weight and I'm going out for a coffee. Anyone else want a coffee? And when they come back, everyone's staggering around like they're drunk. They've all been filled with the Holy Spirit and you missed it because you went out for coffee, you know. They don't even know what it is there they're waiting for. They're, and they're on this emotional roller coaster. They're following Jesus. They're being persuaded and convinced that He is who He says He is. He is the Son of God. Then they watch Him die a horrific death. I mean, talk about trauma, trauma therapy. They needed trauma therapy. They've watched Jesus die this horrific. And then suddenly He appears with them again. He's resurrected. Everything He said was going to happen has happened. And here He is with them. 
And it says in the Bible, it records that there were at least eight appearances of the resurrected Jesus to different people at various times and locations over that 40-day period before he ascended into heaven. And it's recorded that about 500 people saw the resurrected Jesus. Now let's, let's imagine that these are people that saw him die on the cross and now they're seeing him off the cross. I mean, that is mind-blowing, isn't it? I mean, that's just not your everyday, you know, Monday morning kind of scenario, is it? And so here we are. It's, it's Pentecost Sunday. Let's have a look at Acts 1, 4 to 5. And this is before Jesus leaves the disciples again. So he's died on the cross. He's come back. He's sitting with them, but he hasn't yet gone back to be with, you know, when I go like that, I kind of get this picture of like, um, you know, when my boys were little, they used to watch Power Rangers, you know, and they used to, they kind of just went up in the air. They weren't, they weren't Batman and they weren't Superman. They were, you know, Power Rangers. It goes straight up. That's, that's the image I get. Um, Jesus ascended in front of them and he went to be, I mean, that is mind-blowing, isn't it? That's mind-blowing. And so here we are, Acts 1, 4 to 5. And this is Jesus sitting with his disciples and it says, And being assembled together with them, he, Jesus, commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You've heard from me, for John the Baptist baptised with water, but you shall be baptised with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And here we are, there is Pentecost right there. In other words, we've got followers of Jesus, They've been following him. They've been water baptised as an obedience. Uh, John the Baptist baptised them. But now they're waiting for, as it were, the cherry on the top of the cake. There's another component here. And that's what makes us Pentecostal because we believe that the Holy Spirit is part of our experience as Christian believers. And we jump to verse 8 and it says, Jesus says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Goodness me, there's so much going on there. How exciting for them, how nerve wracking for them. They're on this roller coaster of emotion. They're hanging on to their faith. And, um, you know, Peter's been restored one minute he's denying and the next minute he's restored and he's amongst those. And yet Jesus continues to tell them, I'm going to leave you again. And they're like, you're kidding. Or words to that effect. You mean we've watched you die. We're now, we've seen the resurrected and now you're leaving us again. What? I don't think we can take much more, you know. John 16, 7, he, uh, 16, 7, he says this, Jesus says to the disciples, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't, the Helper, meaning the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send Him to you. 
In other words, if it was just Jesus staying with them, they'd all be, you know, following Him like bees round a honey pot. And Jesus can only be in one place at one moment because He's come as a man. But if He goes back up to His Father and sends the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit comes into them, then He can get out and about a bit more because the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. If you know the Holy Spirit, you know Jesus. If you know Jesus, you know the Father. The three are one. And so I I used to remember what Paul Scanlon says, Jesus wants to get out a bit more. It's us that's restricting Him because He's in us and He wants to get out a bit more. So far, everything Jesus has told His disciples uh, that that was going to happen has happened. And now they're being told that power is going to come on them and that they're going to be His witnesses. I mean, what does that look like? What does that mean? Am I going to get electric shock? What, what, What is this? You know, the day of Pentecost. And here we are preaching Pentecost on Pentecost Sunday, Acts 2, 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost, had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there was a sound from heaven as a mighty rushing wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and one sat upon each one of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Other tongues, other languages that they hadn't learned. Suddenly uh, they were talking. I don't know, French would be lovely, wouldn't it? I don't think my, my heavenly language is French, but I'd be okay with that if it was. I don't know what it is. Maybe this side of heaven, I'll never know. Um, But those witnessing, in other words, those that suddenly hear, what is all that raucous going on? What's all that noise? And suddenly they come over and they see people staggering around, speaking in language they hadn't learned, speaking in some of their languages. So they knew, hang on a minute, these people don't know my language. They're staggering around, looking like they are drunk, which must have been a scene and a half, mustn't it? Uh, They're staggering now, looking around. And then Peter, here's Peter again, who's denied Jesus, been restored to Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit, gets up with boldness, the Scripture tells us. Boldness, Holy Ghost confidence, like he's never experienced before. And he declares that these people aren't drunk, as you suppose. And he begins to preach about Jesus. Jesus, the Son of God. Jesus, who died on the cross, Jesus resurrected and now Jesus, the Holy Spirit coming in and on these people who were swaying about like drunkards. And after he had spoken, 3,000 people that day responded favourably to Jesus and said, yes, we believe you because the evidence was there. The evidence was there. This had to be supernatural. This is not natural. You don't suddenly wake up and you can speak in a different different language. This was the Holy Spirit coming on them. And this is what Peter says in Acts 2 as part of that sermon. Uh, Acts 2 verses 17 to 18. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour my Spirit out on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And on my men servants, 
and maidservants, I will pour out my Spirit in those days. They shall prophesy. Those days, end days, these days. Today, today, we are in the end days. Today, we're included in that. The Holy Spirit is alive and well today. He is our helper. He is our comforter, our teacher, our friend. And when we welcome Him in, we experience all those things in our lives. No matter what you're going through in your life right now, the Holy Spirit can be with you 24-7, comforting you, helping you, teaching you, showing you what needs to be done next. The Holy Spirit is the means by which God is active on the earth today. He is in us, the church. We are His hands. We are His feet. We are His mouthpiece. The Holy Spirit helps us serve God effectively. He changes us from self-centred mindsets to Christ-centred mindsets to reach the plight of perishing souls. That's what He's about and that's what we are about. As Pentecostals, we believe our faith in Jesus is powerfully experiential, not just something found through ritual um, or head knowledge only. We are experiencing the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives daily. And we should expect to experience God's power and presence daily. Pentecostal Oof, that's a big word, isn't it? Pentecostalism is energetic, it's dynamic and it's for today. And how do we know it's for today? Because so many of us are experiencing it. The Holy Spirit at work through us in our day-to-day lives. Many of us are bold beyond our natural uh, temperaments. Uh, I'm not naturally bold. I'm bold because of the Holy Spirit. You know, it's the Holy Spirit that gets me up and out and talking. And Um, the Holy Spirit helps us lead. He helps us tell others about Jesus. He helps us to help others. And because of His Spirit, we can cast out demons. We can speak in tongues. We can pray for the sick. We can see uh, addictions broken from us. We can see all of those things because of the Holy Spirit. In the natural, we couldn't do any of those things. To see demons come out of people, you know, that, that's the Holy Spirit, isn't it? It's the Holy Spirit, addictions broken, only Jesus, only Jesus. You know, I received Jesus when I was 18. And I had come over from London and uh, I was a broken young girl looking for answers. And I took off from London to Australia and someone took me to church. And I went to be polite because I was a polite English girl. And I just thought, well, you know, they're very nice. They've given me accommodation and, and, and that's very kind. And I said the key thing one day of, I don't know how I could ever repay you. And the born again lady that I was staying with, she said, oh, I know. And she was in. <laughs> she got in there straight away. She said, I know how you can thank me. You can come to church. I mean, I thought, oh. I thought, oh, I've so set myself up here. 
I went in with no anticipation of anything. In fact, I went a few times because the first time I was absolutely convinced they'd set the preacher up that I was in the building and he spoke on the father heart of God and the fatherhood of God and those who were orphaned from fathers and my dad had left our family when I was eight years old and I was devastated and this message hit my heart massively and I didn't let anyone know I was too proud and I was suspicious and sceptical and I went a few times and on the day that I finally decided you know what I'm going to give Jesus a go I, I want what I'm hearing about and I think there's something in this and I'd been reading the Bible and asking lots of questions and doing my research. And on that day, on that night, I went forward um, on what we would call an altar call, a salvation altar call. And I said yes to Jesus. And I got prayed for. And afterwards, everyone was, oh, congratulations, Sue. And oh, wow, fantastic. And others said, oh, you finally did it. What, What took you so long? You know, and there was all these voices coming at me. But in my heart, I was very disappointed because I'd built something up of an expectation in my heart that this this was going to be powerful. This was going to be significant. This was going to be life-changing. And what I experienced on that altar call was just all people. It was all people. It wasn't God. Um, that was my experience. Now, that's not everybody's experience, but it was my experience. And so when I went home, I went uh, to, to the people that were um, accommodating me and I had a room and I went, I said goodnight to him and I went in the bedroom and I shut the door, the lights were out and I just stood in the room and I opened my hands like this and I just said, God, I don't even know if you're real. I, I am so disappointed. I went there tonight with such expectation that you would somehow reveal to me how real you are and I'm so disappointed. And I stood in the room alone in the dark with my hands out like this. I was 18 and I said, God, I need you and I need to know that you're real. And I'm broken and I'm hurting and I don't know what to do with my life. And I need you and I need to know that you're real. And going forward tonight was not enough for me. I want more. I want you. I want the reality of you in my life. And I just stood there in the room and I said, come on, God. And I said, I'm giving you one last chance. I mean, how arrogant is that? But I was desperate and God was merciful. And I said, God, I'm giving you one more chance here because I don't know what else to do. I don't know where else to go. I wanted to believe that everything that I've read and everything I've seen and everything I've experienced so far is real and it's for me. But it's got to be personal for me. And I stood there and within a small time frame, I'm sure it was probably only a minute. May I don't know, maybe it was more, but I stood in there and I said, Jesus, please come. Please come and touch my life because I need you desperately. And this presence came into the room and I felt safe. I felt safe. There's somebody in here with me and I feel safe. Then I felt warmth. I felt warmth from the top of my head coming down 
down my body and I felt safe and I felt warm. And then I started to giggle. I just thought, what? This is crazy. And I started to giggle and I said, is that you, Jesus? (laughs) Is that you, Jesus? Because I'd asked for him and then I thought, and I could hear my voice in there going, of course it is, that's who you asked for. And so I said, Jesus, that's you, isn't it? That's you. And I still had my hands out like this and I said, Jesus, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I just, thank you. Come into my life. Thank you for meeting with me. Thank you for setting me apart from this crowd and just being here with me for this moment in time. And as I was thanking him, I began to speak in a language that I had never heard before and I'd never done that before. I didn't ask for it. I didn't even have knowledge of what it was. All I knew was that for a split second, words tumbled out that were not English words and I knew that I had met with the living God. That is Pentecost. That is Jesus. That is Jesus. He wants to do such a unique, beautiful work in all of us. And I've never been the same. He was beautiful that night for the tiny moment that that we had this encounter. I was the one that quenched it because I got the giggles. And I do that when I'm nervous. (laughs) And suddenly it was gone, but I knew something had changed. And the next morning, I came out the door into the lounge room of the people that um, I was staying with. And the born again lady, Paula, she looked at me, she says, oh my goodness, what's happened to you? And I had my jammies on and you know, and I was like, oh gosh, have I walked out half naked or something? You know, I just, she said, oh my goodness, what's happened to you? And I said, why? And she said, your countenance is totally different. And I said, does this sound silly? But I think Jesus was in the room with me last night. I said, something happened and I feel different. And we both cried together. And of course, the rest is history. I knew that Jesus had touched my heart. You know, as I wrap up, I know it's, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Can I just say a little something? I didn't say this in the first service, but you know, even if you don't get a sensation, a feeling, a physical manifestation. It doesn't mean that God hasn't touched you. When we approach Him in faith, that's exactly what it is. It's by faith, not by sight, not by feelings, by faith. And when you ask for the Holy Spirit to come and touch your life, He does, whether you feel it or whether you don't, but the evidences will come. Peter had an evidence of boldness. Others had an evidence of, well, they were all speaking in tongues that day. And that was evidence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit baptises us with power. The Holy Spirit wants us to stay close and have Him in our 24-7 as a friend, as a comforter. And I want to finish with this Scripture, Ephesians 5.18. It looks random, but it's significant. Ephesians 5.18 says, And don't get drunk with wine, which is rebellion. Instead, be filled with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And in the Greek, that, that phrase, be filled, means to be continually filled. To be continually filled. You know, 
when and if you've ever been drunk, and I don't recommend it, it gives you a liberation. It gives you the warm fuzzies and it makes you have a pseudo freedom, a pseudo liberty. It gives you a a sense of being able to cope with life if life is tough and you hit the bottle and it helps you cope with life. And right here, God is saying, don't go for that kind of spirit, go for the Holy Spirit. I'll comfort you, I'll help you cope, I'll get you through, I'll get you through. Don't hit the bottle, be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. We wanna get to that place, church, where we don't get casual, comfortable, take for granted with God. This is God, the Creator of all things, who says, will you let me breathe my Spirit into you? Let me ignite you, let me energise you, let me put you into an exciting, liberating uh, life for me and let's bring in the harvest together. Is that not the most exciting thing? That is Pentecost. We experience God in our everyday lives. We're not just talking about Him. We're not just reading about Him. We are experiencing and we're living in Him, in Jesus' mighty Name. Let's stand everybody. Father, I thank You today for Your Word. This is Pentecost Sunday and we are so excited to experience You, Father. And I thank You that You are already touching people in this auditorium today. And You've got more things that You wanna do to touch people, to free them, to heal them, to reassure them, to ignite them with Your fire, with exciting vision that Your sons and Your daughters will prophesy and are prophesying that Lord, there will be dreams, supernatural dreams. And all of this because of Your grace, because of Your forgiveness. Help us Lord to shed, to repent, to turn away from those things that are stopping us stepping into all that You have for us. We are hungry, we are thirsty and we acknowledge today that You are the only one that can fill us with what we really, really need. And what we really, really need is You, Jesus. So Holy Spirit, come this morning, come again, fill us up, help us not to just plod along. We are not plod along people. We have been ignited with the power of the Holy Spirit and we bless Your holy name. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good. In Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.